When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another helping of oysters, clams, and cockles presented by Bolin Media. Please respect and enjoy the podcast. I am Brother Ross here with Brother Barrett. <laughs> Brother Barrett, how are you today? Oh, uh, you know what? I've avoided. Um, I've avoided today getting strapped in and murdered, executed by Titan's prick. So that you know, honestly, oh, that's good. That's yeah, huge. yeah. It's huge. That's a that's a big win. Any any day that you don't. Um, have a crowd beneath you chanting "Titans prick," um, you know, is a is is a better one than uh than my guy, my guy, um, Hober Marshmallow was having. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Marshmallow, yeah, narrowly yeah. avoided the yeah, Titans just, prick. I mean, now you know he's just a he's a he's a coy little confidence man. So he he knew what he was doing the whole time. He he never intended to get uh, executed by by um, the prick of the by, Titan t- by Titans prick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was interesting how the guy, the 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 king or whatever, the leader of that area who was uh, doing the execution, yeah, yeah. ordering it, mm-hmm. he really liked the name. He loved it. Loved it. Titans prick. <laughs> just he just liked to yell it over and over as many times as he could mix that in. Yeah, I got the sense that Titans prick has been has been the execution method on that planet for like a millennia. But uh, but he, you kind of got the sense that like he had come up with it, or at least was just right. real, real attached to it. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, he yeah. loved it, and we'll get more into that um, here today. We're going to talk about Foundation season two, episodes two and three. Uh, so before we get to Titan's Prick, let's uh, dive into episode two of season two, shall we? Sure. So we've got uh, what going on? Brother Day, very upset with Dimmerzel, his robot assistant lover, friend, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like the Lil John song. Wasn't Didn't he do a song called... Lovers, two friends. It yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she, she has suggested Dimmerzel. It's a classic, classic triumvirate of uh, of ludicrous Lil John and Usher. It right. Was actually, the fo- I believe it was the follow up. It was basically the, the the sequel to Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but Dimmerzel suggested that they bring in some some infamous general Bell Rios. Okay, we we meet a few different characters, new characters yeah. over the course of this two episode stretch. Bell Rios. Uh, was brought up in episode one, but only briefly. And Brother Day is basically like, "No, nah, not that guy, not that guy." And we kind of get into the the why mm. in episodes two and three. Um, but yeah, him and Dimmerzel start off episode two at odds because he's not into this idea still. They need him, they, and they need Bell to go. That, that's who Demerzel is suggesting is the right man for the job. To go out to the outer reach and and suss it all out. Figure out what's happening yeah, there. Yeah. Exactly. So 
We also find out the other two Cleons did not have anything to do with the assassination attempt by the blind angels on Brother Day. Remember, he had their memories assessed searched or whatever and dimmerzel does point out that at least in the memories um that they have they have no memories of being involved which is Mm, mm. an interesting uh Yeah, yeah specificity right about the situation um we meet queen sarith for the first time yeah played by ella ray smith what was your read on Queen Sarith when she when she rolls up here and is presented in the triple throne room? Oh, she a baddie. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, that's that was <laughs> Thank you, Ice Spice. Uh that that was my read. Um no, cuz she's look, she uh she seems to be at least she thinks she's got the the better hand, right? Because she is just throwing around sass like the world had never seen oh, it before. Yeah. You know what I Very mean? Very confident. Just so confident. Just ultra confident. Just pushing buttons where she can. Um, just kind of flaunting various rules. Uh, and 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 really just kind of like taking it to, to Brother Day there. Yeah, she's like yeah. poking fun at their entire setup. Right. But with statements that could also just be construed as serious and questions that could also just be construed as curious. Mm-hmm. So it's like... You, you, you can't really get a feel for what she's got going on. But certainly from the moment you meet her and from the first several sentences she says, her first several lines, you get the impression that, like, she she's maybe up to something. Like Because, w- like, why... We don't know much more about how this came to pass, yeah. this potential marriage, other than what Brother Day has told us in these yeah, conversations what, and, with Dimmerzel. Right. And what, what's her thing again? What, what, are they, what does she own? They, or what does she... She's they, from Dominion. 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 And yeah. she is... Di- the one thing that, I, that, that, you know, three episodes through, uh, through season two now is, is I, I guess, probably obvious from the jump, but I feel like they're, use, they're doing this more through uh, in season two. It's just the idea that uh, that obviously Cleon, Brother Day, goes by Empire, which is kind of an interesting little twist because typically you hear, like, that's the Emperor. Right. Right? But he, but then they'll also refer to the Empire as the Empire. Right. And so it's kind of like this thing, like, no, no, no. He is, l- like, like almost how, like, Catholics, you know, they, 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 they the body it is the body of Christ, right? right. Like that is that literally. is literally literally the body of Christ. Um, right. And that it's it's kind of one of those things where like he is the embodiment. He is the Empire, basically. And that's why they I think that's why they call him Empire, not Emperor, because it's him. Well, and because um, there's three of them and but yeah, the the it seems to be like a statement like without me there is no empire. Right. Right. Like, right, yeah. right. Yes. And so that's almost the feeling that I'm getting with this Dominion thing, even though I have no idea what they're talking about. They seem to be calling her Dominion, but also maybe that's what she rules is the Dominion. She definitely rules it. And I'm not but, and and it's it's yeah. It's like a it, it that that might just be like a theme through through this series or something. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so she talks about and 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 part of her story is that she was kind of forced into the to the role to this to this role of responsibility, really like based on she was really the Prince Harry, and then all of a sudden she had to be the Prince William. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? Yeah, she was just kicking it, learning the arts. Yeah, 
gallivanting around, yeah, probably. Kind of, kind of a Tob- Another way to put it, she was the Tobias, and then she became the Michael. Or yeah. no, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> she was the uh, the Job. She, no, she was the uh, the the Buster. Oh yeah. And then she became the Michael. Right. Buster was off learning, off map learning, making and, ma- and such. cartography, yeah. and drum drum circling, and basket weaving and, and all that sort of so stuff. So it'd be she like was... if in Arrested Development, every other family member was murdered except for Buster Bluth. Except for Buster. And then Buster had to head the Bluth Empire, yeah. Yeah, except for um, Queen Sarah doesn't seem like a turd out there. She seems to be uh, f- flirtatious and uh, up to something, like you said. Yeah, sexy and... and uh... Strategizing, Strate- somehow. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, a lot of strategy going on. At yeah, least you would you would have to think. But like you said, apparently her entire family was killed in in some attack that mm-hmm. she keeps like alluding to. We don't really have the details around like what exactly occurred there or who was responsible for it. And uh, what matters at this point is that like she was forced into it. Like she didn't have a choice. This was not her path in life until all of a sudden she had no other option. Yeah. Yeah, but it, you 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 also kind of get the sense that she's like she's she's almost not taking it ser- taking it seriously, but she is, but but clearly she's there and so she is. But you're almost like why why are you here? Why are you even why are you even um you know humoring this this proposition basically? Yeah, because you kind of seem to think it's it's stupid and a joke. Right. You you almost get the feeling that she doesn't take it seriously. Yeah. That she's not really intending on marrying this guy. Right. And right. Uh, there are a lot of questions, especially in that first scene where you meet her in the triple throne room, as I'm calling it, where you're just kind of like, wait, what? Mm. And then uh, that, that yeah, the, it, there's a lot there with Queen Sarah that we'll be getting into over the course of the season. Um, Harry Seldon screams at Gale for trapping him in the Prime Radiant where he was alone it's and conscious. It's time, you and I! Reckoning. They have their reckoning. It's quite a reckoning. <laughs> Lasts just a few minutes. And yeah, it's really yeah. just him yelling at her. Yeah. That's the that's the extent of the reckoning. Okay. But he was in there for 138 years solo dolo, which is why he's. I gotta say, he's doing a great job with the. With, yeah. They yeah, made yeah, him yeah. look batshit crazy. Right. Okay. This does not make sense though. Why is that? Okay. Because Gail says that she put him in the prime radiant last night. Don't forget. Salvor had the Prime Radiant, not Gale. So she literally put him in there one night ago. So how has it been 138 years? So he wasn't in the Prime Radiant for 138 years. Yes, this was the confusion. So if he's complaining about being bottled up, then it's for 138 years, then it's when he was in the knife, traveling with her. But he didn't complain about traveling for a hundred and some odd years the first time that he pops onto the ship. After when when Gale first meets Digital Harry and has has clearly been traveling for quite some time, for thirty some odd years, I guess, and he was in the knife all just fine and dandy that time. Yeah, that right? was. I guess his. So that so he was not in the Prime Radiant for one hundred thirty eight years, and that doesn't make any sense. I guess his confu- or the confusion there was around like the fact that she s- got stuck in that pod and shot out into space and just drifted for however long, right? Yeah, the first time would have been would have been was thirty some odd years, right? Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. There's yeah. I don't understand how. And then the next time was 138, but she didn't put him into into the prime radiant because she didn't have the prime radiant. Salvor did. So he's just angry, looking to take so it I, out on no, somebody. No, so I so I don't I don't know if that's just like a like a missed like a like a kind of a missed piece of the writing or or what. But like 
he would have been in this in the Prime Radiant talking to all those ghosts or whatever in there, or Clea or Galia or whatever her name was, and his dead wife, like Kale. Kale, thank you, for like a night. Yeah. Like not even twenty four hours, guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was enough to break him, Barrett. That's that's so, what matters. Yeah, uh so that 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 was a that was a little weird. Definitely. I mean, yeah. in a, if somebody listening has um, clarity around yeah, that sure. whole situation, I'm, I'm happy to be corrected. But that, but but I feel like I was picking up on a on something that didn't didn't quite track. Well, e- even when we brought it up last week, I think both of us were kind of like, "Wait, but yeah, right, what? You know?" So there's well, something they never they certainly they never make it clear. They never even say this. We have to infer it for ourselves that he is being transferred on the knife, right. basically, right, or in the knife. Yeah. So who the hell yeah. knows? But Harry does explain that the first foundation, the purpose is that it was meant to create a civilization that can withstand the end of the empire without knowledge of Selden's plan to some extent. Because otherwise, like we talked to some on, about, on Patreon about like, why wouldn't he share with more people what he was mm-hmm. doing or the plan or whatever? His concern was that they'd tamper with the math and psychohistory wouldn't properly... Um, calculate the future yeah it's the way he kind of describes it is like foundation number two is actually the foundation right because like foundation number one is going to kind of turn into the empire is part of the psychohistory math i think right like they're going to go there they are the ones that are that need to take down the empire essentially but then they become empire empire-esque yeah then they which we get into some which in we these get episodes into, and like foundation number two is actually the one that like is going to steer the ship properly yeah, foundation yeah. number two is supposed to be a group of psychohistorians that that they do have access to the grand plan. Right, they're they're who they are answering the question of who watches the Watchmen with foundation number two. Yes, yes, and uh, they can but foundation who number two the wa- people that are watching the Watchmen. That's a good question. But foundation number two, which does not exist as a result of everything that has gone wrong, was also supposed to have the ability to like course correct. Yeah, yeah. If things went right. haywire. Um, or even, you know, to fight that first foundation if they became too Empire-esque or whatever. So that that whole, everything going on on the ship right there with those three, with Gail, Salvor, and Harry, is, mm-hmm. is fairly confusing. It's like a lot to try to swallow quickly yes. as they throw it at you. Um, and one of the things for me is like, okay, so the second foundation was meant to be created by Raish, but he yes. stuck Gale in the pod instead of himself. Correct. And really, he's at fault for everything that has occurred so far. Because he's the one, he, Harry keeps referring to Gale as like his tormentor mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the disruptor. Yeah. But like it was Rach. She, she didn't pick this. Like yeah. he stuffed her in there and shot her out into outer well, space. But he's pissed because Gale's uh, spidey senses are really to blame. Because she got out of the pool. Because she got out of the pool. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And then and then obviously Rach, you know, made that decision to send her instead of himself. Yeah. Which also was uh, was unfortunate in, in for for Harry's grand plan. They've yeah. also made it clear repeatedly that Rach knew everything. Yeah. Like, Harry yeah. keeps saying that. And I don't know if that's going to come into play at some point. I honestly don't. I'm not just saying that, um, having seen all of season two. But it seems it feels important. So uh, anyway, yeah, that's why the math, you know, we, last week we cracked open the old Prime Radiant and saw, like, the two different, like, here's, here's the way things were supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And here's how badly things have gotten on this red line here with right, all these right, giant right. bubbles that are crises. Yeah. This is why, because of all the things we just talked about. So, 
Um, Harry says Gale destroyed his plan. Again, the way I see it is it was really kind of Raish in, in more ways than Gale. But for one reason or another that I can't quite wrap my head around, Gale decides, like, all right, I'm going to try to see into the future and, and see if I can pinpoint when things go awry or, like, when the foundation gets destroyed or something. Yeah. She's, she's trying to find something here. They, they, they're trying to figure out, um, well, well, the, the, the net, right? Like, the net result is, like, where do they go to? She goes to the future, basically, can see the future, and as a result of that, they can figure out where they should, they're now supposed to go put foundation number two. Okay. So they're trying to find a location for foundation number two. Yes, right. that, and, is, that and, is correct. And so it, she gets it on the tip of her tongue, and she's like, it's Ligma. Um, and, um, <laughs> going to do Ligma jokes, <laughs> but she, she does end up seeing just testing you. It's, uh, it's Ignis. <laughs> Ignis. That's, Thank that's, you. That's okay. Ignis. Okay. Ig that's Ignis. <laughs> she sees 150 years into the future though. And, uh, th this like mysterious sci-fi Terminator looking yeah. dude. Yeah. The, named the, the mule, the mule, it's the mule attacks yeah. her. She gets hit with the mule. She, yeah, they had to hit her with the mule. But then he, he's, he like recognizes her mm -hmm. and the fact that she is from the past yeah. and is able to interact with her. So it's not even like he's just, she's just having a vision. He is somehow able to actually yeah, yeah, physically yeah. interact with her in the midst of a, a vision. There, uh, watching episode two, which by the way, I would have, I will, ha I do have to say, it was probably my least favorite episode of the series. Oh so yeah, far. I saw you say this on Twitter, yeah, um, or X, excuse me. <clears throat> It, it 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 was very and I don't know if this was like part of what kind of like rubbed rubbed for me but like I felt a lot of different influences for, that felt like they were coming from the outside in on this episode. Um, our little f funny new worlds felt like very Star Warsy to me. Oh man, yeah. And then this all felt super duper Terminatory. Yeah. With the fat flash forwards. Past, Mule, the present, Mule's War Mule. going on there, yeah. Even like just the way that all looked, it was very, very, very like Terminator robot apocalypse type stuff. Yeah. Um, and then and then I was also getting like like Harry Potter, Voldemort, um, Harry, Harry and Harry when they do their uh -huh, thing, they're connected. Yeah, which, which I can't remember what they what they omnics. I can't remember what the word is in the books, but um, yeah, just it was so it you know and 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 we've talked about how. The text obviously predates all that type of stuff, so I don't really know which which directions it, which direction it's flowing here. It just I I could feel it all kind of like creeping in, uh, and yet as you already said, this was all kind of confusing, and I didn't really like kind of understand what was going on between the the three of them, um, and and this whole like oh we got to suffocate ourselves to jump to the future. Here's your gas mask. Uh, yeah, that was bizarre. Ah, that's the mule. Again, another um, <laughs> situation where I'm like, you're just, you're just like inviting death. There's like a suicide mission. Just mm -hmm. like when they got the ship out from the water. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, crazy. Yeah. So, uh, and, and uh, but yeah, we get the, we get the Ignis out of this. We get the mule and the Ignis. Well, and Gale sees that uh, Salvor is, is dead. Right. In that vision right. of the future 150 years from now, but she still looks like she does in the present timeline. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's safe to say, which also gets addressed at some point in this two-episode stretch, that there will be some more uh, time-jumping, cryo, mm. time-traveling shit that goes down here at some point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we meet two other new characters, Brother Constant, who is in fact not a man, mm. and Polly Verisoff, who's the drunk... High cleric of the Church of the Galactic Spirit, and this 
is the religion that has yeah, been built yeah. at the foundation, at the first foundation, that basically Harry Seldon is like their their god. Yes. Their, uh, yeah. their prophet. Right. So they're doing magic out there in the Outer Reach, just traveling to different planets and putting mm. on magic shows, which is the magician reference that we got out of Brother Day at some point. Yeah. And they're trying to get people to join the foundation, and they're using, like, one of their spaceships to do, like, floating crazy... Yeah, th- this all... This Didn't just, love this, huh? This did not work for me. No, None I won't lie to you. <laughs> episode two is also my least favorite episode of probably the series so far, and... I remember the, my my first watch through, which was probably about a month ago now or something yeah, like that, yeah. just being like, "What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck is this goofiness? Like, what what are we doing it here? Was what very, is this? It was very goofy. That it, and it just again, it like felt like out, like it just didn't it didn't track with 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 season one, which felt almost like self serious. Yeah, way, you no, know? they definitely and, took a they took a turn here. And now we're calling people magicians, and they're all there's all this goofy, you know, like 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 sleight of hand, and we're like tossing guys in a fountain. And yeah. Then we're doing fireworks, and we're flying. It was just, it was all, it was a whole lot. And also, was that the guy uh, who has his hand chopped off in Game of Thrones? Because I'm pretty sure it was. Which guy? He's like a famous British character actor. He he was like kind of the ringleader of the of the baddies on oh, whatever planet that uh, on was. Whatever yeah. planet that was. Suini or something like that. Something unsure. Would have to go check. Okay, but uh, it definitely looked like him. Um, All in all, this is a tough scene to watch. I won't lie to you. And I'll just say this: Constant and Polly become good characters. Okay, that's good. good. Their storyline and everything that we got. It's just kind of a rough start uh, when you meet them in season episode two. From uh, from his uh, wrist, just like Job. thousand pennies a thousand pennies uh but yeah so constant and polly while they're off recruiting doing ministry yeah. what is it uh missionary work missionary work yeah they get yeah. called back to terminus where things have uh changed like we said last week they're the the community has flourished they've built out mm. like a full-blown little like it's become empire-esque in some ways as polly City. ends up Pointing out, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, but like you know how the inside of that first that, that meeting room or whatever it does feel like Star Wars, which is essentially the same as it feeling yeah, like yeah. Empire, right? Um, so yeah, it turns out uh, there's like a bit of corruption going on here in some way, shape, or form. There's like a board of politicians that are running Foundation, yeah, and there's like you know they're for profit, they're 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 corporatized now, you know, yeah. it's 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 all. They've got four hundred one k's. Yes, yes. They just, you know, the 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 stink of of capitalism has it's has, there. has penetrated the foundation. It, it has yeah. shut in. Yes, it's permeated. <laughs> yeah, because they're using their these new ally planets um, to create, like I believe, weaponry of some kind, like oh, right, factory. Right, right. There's some reference to that. Again, this all happens very fast yeah, in these yeah. conversations where you're just like, if you don't have subtitles on and you're not taking notes, it's it's you may not have picked up some of this shit. Yes, yeah. Um, and you shouldn't feel bad about that. Uh, also, okay, so um, our missionaries get back to Terminus, and brother, what what is her name? Brother, what now? Brother Constant. Brother Constant. There's a guy right away that she kind of like hugs. Uh, you know, and I'm like, oh yeah, family member, dad, and then there's a guy that's a part of the 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 you know he's on the exec team of the foundation. Yeah, and I'm like, all right, this must maybe this is her 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 lover, and then she calls that guy dad. So I guess that's dad, and I don't know who the first guy was now. 
Yeah, her dad is definitely in there, though. One of those dudes is her dad. Yeah, well, he, the dad is like a looks like he's a forty year old British guy, and yeah. brother Constant looks like she's a thirty year old British woman, but from a different eth- ethnic background. Right. So I got no idea what's going on there either. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, because their age different looks like it's about ten years, and I know that there's all the who knows because everybody can freeze themselves and travel through time and stuff well, yeah, like, like that, Polly but... Verisoff. Is the little kid the little that kid. saw yes. yep. Selden yep. come out in, in in season one? Right. So he has been. He must have frozen himself at some point or whatever. Got Austin Powers because yeah, he's done some traveling that has has extended his life. Yeah, uh, quite, quite, quite a bit. Which I will also just say, I don't know if that if this is from the book or if it's kind of a wrinkle that the TV show has added to aid in. The, the the scale of the timeline, but that also seems like something that's pretty commonplace. Like people, it's not weird when when Salvor in episode three is talking about like, okay, well I've got 150 years, you know, like let's let's worry about that when we worry about it. Uh, like nobody's like, oh my god, I'm gonna live till I'm, you know, I'm gonna live for 200 years. Like that's right. cr- that's that's crazy. So I think that's kind of normal that people people's lives are extended, you know, uh, upward of a century. Well, and in the because case, of all the, the the space travel, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of um, it's just the timelines are not the same as they yeah. are for us. And here so the, the age things could could easily have been compressed. I was just like, wait, that's her dad. That was another thing that threw me in this yeah. episode. Yeah, but foundation number one is building some kind of like militaristic. It's like an army. There's like an army that they're building instead of making it into like a congregation or a religious sect. It's it's things have taken a turn over there. Polly who is a purist follower of Harry Selden, is really unhappy about it. And he thinks that when the vault opens back up and Selden comes out, he's going to be extremely pissed off about what they have done with this place. And uh, he wants to go and be a part of like the welcome committee, but they're like, no, nah, no, nah, Polly, you're only here because you're popular with the people. Right. And they're going to let the new warden be the one who goes and meets the prophet alone, who is the dude from uh, Mindhunter. Yes, yeah. Who yeah. I thought when we met him at the end of episode one, I, I was did. like, surely this dude has a long run on the show. <laughs> Respected character actor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really like this guy. People are going to recognize his face. He's going to be around. <laughs> and no, he gets, he tries to become like a prophet himself. He gets up there, he gives his big speech. He's like, I will now travel into the unknown and bring back the word of God. And yeah, then God yeah. picks him up and vaporizes his ass yeah, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. after he forces him to yell out, get Hober Marshmallow yeah. <laughs> over and over. Yeah, yeah. And uh, added effect, he just etches Hober, Hober's name in the vault in like fiery letters. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Didn't need that. Didn't love that. Yeah, didn't love that. Why? Yeah, yeah. Now it's an Etch-a-Sketch, this fucking thing. He right, can just right. put messages up. It's like a goddamn yeah, yeah. message board. I just, I didn't like that. We already got the Hober Marshmallow message from him yelling mm-hmm. it. We didn't need it also. In case you didn't hear him, <laughs> I'm going to write it. Just right here in the side of the fucking yeah, vault. Yeah. So yeah, the vault goes dark. Uh, clearly, this is the only message that Harry Selden or the vault or both, it might be the same thing, gets out to the world. They just wanted to say, like, we need this Hober Marshmallow fella who's actually named Hober Malloy, just for... Malloy? Malloy, yeah. Draco Malfoy? Uh, no, no, just Hober Mallow. Hobo... Mallow. Hobo... Mallow. Hober Mallow. Hober Mallow. Malloy? M-A-L-L-O-W. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was okay. Yeah. But we don't know who the hell that is. We've never heard that name before. It is a very, um, kind of surprising ending to episode two, which, as Barrett said earlier... 
wasn't a personal favorite, <laughs> and I was kind of glad to be done with it when it was done. Yeah. Because it yeah. was kind of wonky all over the place, pretty confusing, and I didn't feel like I grasped some of the important points that they were trying to make with regard to how we end up in a situation with a guy named the mule. Right. It was right. just a lot to take in. But yeah, yeah. all that said, I think if you can just remember some of the basic things that we mentioned here in in the first half of the podcast today, you'll be okay moving forward. It, it was also the first time. And I, you know, I, I, I probably set myself up for this disappointment because I, I, I was beating this drum so loudly, but like, it was the first episode of the series where I was like, Ooh, that doesn't look good. In a few different spots. Well, you notice the budget right, a little more. the budget a little bit more. Notice some CGI. Notice some 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 uh, some sets that didn't look as uh, quite as expensive. Um, and and we got back to better ones in, in episode three. So it was kind of like that that episode almost in its entirety. It was just like you kind of got the feeling that that through like through through you know kind of storyboarding the the season and then working with budget. It it just kind of like. It just hit a skid a little bit. They were like, this one's going to suck, but we got to do it. We got to push through this bad boy. Yes, yeah, yeah, because we got to light the warden on fire. We got to introduce everybody to Hover Marshmallow and Brother Constant and remind you that Polly, the little kid, he's still here. Only guy left that's even seen Harry Seldon in the flesh. And he drinks a lot. He's a a drunkard. He's kind of a a drunk. They have solved hangovers, though, Yeah, with this needle that she she injects him with that makes him belch yeah. or, or retch up all of his uh booze yeah and then he's good as new in like 20 minutes so. and then also queen sarah and then also um uh, uh the bell, general bell, bell ross yeah yeah bell rios yeah a <laughs> lot going on man a lot of, yeah yeah a lot going on but no barrett and i have given this show a lot of credit for operating with such a small budget and doing so much with it um compared to what you would expect the budget to be i think we saw Season one was like forty-five million or something along those lines. So, yeah. yeah, this was definitely one of the first episodes where you kind of feel the constraints of what went on there, uh, budget-wise. And uh, we'll move on to episode three and greener pastures. This holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you fuel up for breakfast, lunch. And dinner with chef prepared, dietitian approved, ready to eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all of your holiday to dos. Today's episode is brought to you by Factor. Too busy with holiday plans to cook but want to make sure you're eating well? With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. Looking for special occasion meals during the holidays? Level up with Gourmet Plus options prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. Enjoy premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. With Factor, you can rest assured you're also making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. This holiday season, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door ready in just two minutes no prep no mess it's time to sign up for factor with our special offer just for members of the clam fam head to factormeals.com slash occ50 and use code occ50 to get 50 percent off that's code occ50 at factormeals.com slash occ50 to get 50 percent off all right so jumping to season three i mean to season two episode three three, excuse me yeah yeah we meet 
the man we have been referring to as Hober Marshmallow. Yeah. Hober Mallow. Uh, he's on the planet Corell, where he is... It's a penal colony. He's pulling a con on the king. And he's going to sell him this this portable... Oh, no, no, no. I'm thinking of Bell Ross. Sorry. Yeah, that's yeah, we're, different. We're on Marshmallow. Not yeah, on yeah, the penal yeah. colony Yeah, yet. that's right. That's right. Uh, but he's going to sell him this mini teleporter. It's the uh, shape of a bracelet, yeah. which he uses to like swap places with a guy. It's actually kind of a tight thing he's, mm-hmm, got, mm-hmm. he's got for sale here. Yeah. Um, but he tricks the, the king and steals a precious gem, and you're like, oh, look at this guy. Now, this, this is the most Star Wars-y shit we've had on the show yet. Um, Hober Mallow mm. is, to mm-hmm. me. He's like fucking Harrison Ford's character. Yeah, Han Solo? He's Han Solo, right. yeah. Um, he gets caught. He gets sentenced to death by the... Uh... Titan's prick! Thank you, Barrett. <laughs> and... And narrowly avoids execution by the Titan's prick when he again swaps places with the king because it turns out the teleporter was not the bracelet. It was actually this little node that he hid in his mouth. Classic con man. Classic con man. So I would also note when the king accidentally ends up in the uh, Titan's prick chair thing, whatever, he's strapped to this board about to get Uh pierced by the Titan's prick. (laughs) The lady at the last minute realizes like, Oh my God, that's that's not Hober Marshmallow. Yeah, stop the Titans prick, and they like <laughs> grab a rope, and that's all it takes to keep it from like from dropping. Yeah, which yeah. is this planet's version of a guillotine, right. basically. Yeah. Anyway, I was just surprised. I thought that dude was to- the king was going to get pierced by yeah, the Titans yeah. prick. Well, you forgot about the the uh, the rope. You forgot about the rope. I forgot fail. about the, the emergency the, the, the escape emergency rope. Rope yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it turns out it's fairly easy to yeah, stop it's a this whole, thing. It's a whole thing where they're cranking and there's the there's the hourglass and like everything, but as a safety measure, they rope. Just right here. Just we rope. just grab yeah. it and then right. whoever's right. yeah, <laughs> ridiculous. I, so, li- I, d- I liked how they they had a nice framing where that was like you know almost gratuitous, but I thought it really worked. Where anytime they would show you the 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 uh, the, the prisoner strapped in, just right at the top of the screen was like this tiny little dangle of like of the of the tip of the prick. Yeah, uh, and it was it was spooky. It was. Um, you know, it was, uh, it looked sharp. It looked sharp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also yeah. covered in blood because we watched the first right. guy get got before they bring Hober Mallow When out. the first guy got got, I was like, was that a, te- was that a test? Was that a stuffed animal? Like, it did no, not. he was prisoner number one. No, it was just prisoner number one, and I didn't realize that the helmet was throwing me. I didn't re- you know, the clown helmet. Yeah. Right, so. Yeah. Yeah. But Interesting. No, they, yeah, they, 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 got, they got a guy. They did a guy. Yeah, they're having fun out here on Corel, though, with these executions, <laughs> you know? It's no... It's very old school. Yeah, the Titans prick. But it was all. You're, you are right. All of this. All of this from the way they. You know they from the the when walking up to the the execution. That was like that whole scene looked like. I'm I'm not a big enough Star Wars fan to remember, but it, it's that that whole the the way that that all looked reminded me of a very specific scene in Star Wars. And then everybody having fun around the execution was like very Jabba the Hutt, Hutt throwing them yeah. into the Sarlacc's pit or whatever they called that thing. Yeah, a lot of it felt um, like more new age Star Wars, though, like yeah. the newer trilogy. And, okay, right. And then really like even some Andor vibes because you're meeting like, look, look these characters aren't altogether bad. It's just they definitely don't match the vibes of season one. Yeah. yeah like yeah, you're yeah. getting much more cartoonish and humorous. Yes. Humorous. Yes. Humor? Humorous. Humorous. Humorish. Yeah. And, uh, and that's not something we really had in season no, one. No, it's not. No. Mm-mm. And so it, it does rub you a little bit uh, rough, like the first the first few minutes here, because right, you're just right. like, what the fuck? Is just suddenly just like jokes and yeah, 
this Hober Mallow guy's up there. He's all confident. Doesn't seem to care at all that he's about to die. And it turns out because he knows he's not about to die because yeah. he's got the node. I don't know. It oh, was it was yeah. a lot to take in though. So, um, anyway, he avoids execution. He goes in the king's little fucking land yacht mm-hmm. and gets mm-hmm. into the uh, brother whatever Polly and content content constant. <laughs> <laughs> Brother Constant, <laughs> Brother Constant, and Polly's ship, mm-hmm. and they end up like making it on board and joining him or whatever. So, uh, fun little adventure, but uh, all together, just again, it's a, it's a shift in vibes away from season one that takes a little bit of getting used to here at the beginning of season two. Yeah, yeah. If you're yeah. struggling so far, I don't think you're alone in that. And again, I would argue that all of this vibe shifting does pay off in a big way longer term. So, um. Gail, Salvor, and Harry are supposed to head to the future home of the Second Foundation, but Harry is allowed to drive. He's well, like, he's, I, he's, I'm going to drive. He is, as files are, he's in the computer. He's in, the, he's in, he's in there. He's in there, yeah. He yeah. is the ship, essentially. Right. So he takes them to some desert planet instead, and they're like, oh, damn. It's not Ignis. We it's, shouldn't have, we shouldn't have let you do this. Ignis. But he goes and he, he finds Calais... In he's a like, yeah, he's like, we're meeting an old friend. Actually, no, it was more like, we're meeting an old friend. Because uh, he's not a, he's not American, he's British. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, they, and, and Gail has to take him in the Prime Radiant. But, you know, as long as the Prime Radiant is nearby, he can just like walk like a human in his uh, faux body, bodily form. Yeah. And then he's a projection of he's some He's a projection, kind. yeah. Fucking yeah. hologram, like Tupac at Coachella. Yeah, but a very realistic one. And yeah, they they... I thought there was maybe supposed to be a bit of a parallel here with the walk of the um, the spiral. Oh, yeah. Uh, it just kind of like... it's a long walk? It's a long walk. It's deserty, and they're kind of... They're going... It seems like they're kind of making their way up instead of down. Yeah. It, it just reminded me of that, and I you know, I, I, I don't know if that'll pay off at all. It just, it just was something that, that kind of kind of sparked for me. And uh, and then yeah, eventually we get to and then you know we get to a kind of some type of uh, otherworldly or you know um, what's the word I'm looking for like uh, like supernatural supernatural entity right who is in physical form even though she should have been dead long ago right and uh, and yeah so I don't know it just it, it I'm just kind of putting a put a putting a pin in that and uh, and yeah we'll see where it goes but. Yes, uh, continue because Gail has to bail. Gail bail. Yeah, they're like, "What would Harry do if 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 he was in our ship? Well, he would leave us. So let's let's mm-hmm. let's get the fuck out of here." But they first <clears throat> fall down into some. It's like the 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 miners that were there before. This felt like a little dune, a little dune. It was a little duney. It was a little um, uh, classic film, Wild Wild West. Oh yeah, like the stompy. Uh, um, the spider steam, thing, steam, steampunk spiders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and th- these are the things that Harry, I think, was describing earlier. It's like they were mining the the planet. They were the ones getting all of the unobtainium out of it. Right. And then, right, right. Um, of course. And then they, when they, when they had finished all the unobtainium, they were like, "We got nothing left to to sustain ourselves. We got to eat the humans." Oh. And they killed all the they killed all the humans. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah. That's not the way you want to go. No. So those things wake up, yeah. and uh, 
At least and, that's how I, inter- I again, no subbies, that's how I interpreted it. Well, and then they, <laughs> they're like, we smell man flesh. Right. Yeah. And it turns out what they, and they're going to go get it. They're like, let's fucking go eat. It's been a long time. We've been mm-hmm. down here hibernating. Right. This one human body will sustain the two Both giant spider uh-huh. miners for, you know, 15 seconds. So they go, the and it turns out the, the human they have uh, detected is... Harry Seldon on this hand. Flesh and blood. So Kale and him had a little meeting, uh-huh. and she used math power to <laughs> turn him back into a human and deposit him on this hand, yeah. knowing that Salvor and Gale would use one more time, just for shits and gigs, their human uh, search device to see, like, wait, there's a living, breathing entity there. Right. And go land on the hand or close to it and then pick him up and bail. Yeah. So there's that's where the Harry Seldon and Salvor and Gale journey ends this episode. Which, I gotta say, seems like a downgrade from having Harry Seldon be able to be, like, in your ship doing stuff. I mean, maybe it's, like, less of a risk because he can't control where you go next and sure. all of that, did, you know, through being the computer. But, uh, but now you gotta deal with his ass. Well, this is one of the places that I would hope some of our viewers and supporters on Patreon will be able to help us out because I... Again, second watch for me. Mm-hmm. I watched this scene unfold, and I'm like, what? <laughs> how, how is Kale in this mountain? Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. How does she do whatever she does with Harry that spits him out on this hand? Yeah. Why? What is going on there? And maybe it's a thing that gets answered later in the season, but it's something that I, just sitting here trying to recollect, have no fucking answers okay. for. So, right. yeah. Um, that was, <clears throat> I get that it's like fun and mysterious and like, ooh, right. spiritual craziness. But like, I would like to have some idea of like, what am I supposed to take from this? What am I supposed to be taking from this? Well, and it, and I mean, it, this is actually something that I just thought about. I didn't even think about this while watching the episode. But remember that Harry is telling Gale and Salvor that like, it wasn't even him. It was the, the prime radiant that wanted to come to Ignis. Oh, right. And Gale's like, it, it's, uh, it can... I can't remember the exact word she uses, but she says it's, it, oh, it can, uh, she basically says like it can adjust, it can, you know, re, it can reevaluate, but it's not um, um, like omniscient, right. I think. She basically says it, it's supposed to, it's more of a guide. It's not like, it shouldn't be making decisions. It's not driving. It shouldn't be driving. It's the map. It's the, right, right, yeah. right, right, right. So was this a thing, was this actually more of a Harry Seldon thing where he wanted to go get a body basically like he wanted to become to, to be in human form and this is all like a big plot on on by him not from not a directive from the prime radiant human form that <laughs> but uh but yeah no i mean it would just was again it's kind of a convoluted it wants to be born now <laughs> <laughs> we're just dragging everything into this but uh, but yeah, so that I mean, it does appear at the end of the episode on that big hand that he is fit, like she's able to physically touch him, yeah. strap him to her, or vice versa, and then get him out of there. Yeah. So as the hungry spiders, hungry hungry spiders eat this mountain. Elsewhere, the, spi- the spiners, they're spiners. We do go to Spider the uh, to, to the uh, what did you call it earlier? What the 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 prison where the prisoners are. It's a, a penal colony. The penal colony, yes, yeah. where Demerzel introduces us to Bell Rios, and uh, Rios is played by Ben Daniels, and he's serving a sentence. Where do we know this guy from? I don't know, man. Okay. I was going to ask you, because he, he does... Well, at first, you're like, Jesus Christ, this guy... <laughs> 
They don't let you bathe out there in the penal colony, huh? Uh, long hair, scraggly, scraggly beard. It's an incredible transformation the first time you my, see him shaven, my, my clean fa- shaven. It, my favorite part of the episode is them having his husband, like they do a close-up, cutting what is very, he's like, it was just, it was quite a transformation, but it's also very quick. And, you know, there's like, it's all very dramatic. And, and emotional, then they like yeah. cut to a close-up, and the guy like cuts a piece of hair off of what is very clearly a wig. Yeah. And then it's like, Camera pans around and he's just completely transformed. A new man, <laughs> a new man, man. The cut from the that cut from one clip of the wig to completely new man was just really funny to me. Yeah. So before before we get to the transformation, he's out there at this penal colony because he disobeyed a direct order from Brother Day. Yeah. Which actually worked. Right. Him disobeying and going with a different strategy resulted in them winning the battle and like him saving a bunch of his men's lives or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Brother Day took it as a slight and a disrespect. And as an example, he sent him out to this penal colony because he can't just have generals out there not listening to what he says. He is Empire Barry. Right, right, right. Um, so Rios is another. This is another new character, and he is. I mean, definitely like first we find out he's gay, right? So mm-hmm, there's an mm-hmm. interesting. Um, Angle for him that we hadn't already accomplished with any other characters, and uh, he try he like negotiates for the boys on the penal colony. He's like yeah. he's like you can have me, or at least you can talk to me about having me. But first, everybody else here goes free. Yeah, and yeah. she's like, get fucked. <laughs> why would we? Why would we do yeah. that? They can have some. She's like, we'll give you some better medical care and like new clothes and you guys better, can... better food more more medical care and uh longer breaks longer breaks yeah yeah, yeah. and they're like i oh, will take it we'll take you it, could yeah. i feel like you could meme that uh with like the 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 sag union yeah uh, strike <laughs> on the ongoing strike <laughs> and then uh he's he's basically like in the end no i'm not gonna come back and work for your yeah. fucking idiot you know empire right and she's like oh well, that's a shame because now i have to kill you and he's like oh okay i guess uh well, no, he's like, he's like, no, he's like, I'm not afraid of death. He says, I don't care. Kill me. Do it, B. Uh, and then she's like, oh, well, that's, well, that's t- too bad. Too bad. Yeah. Because your husband's still alive. You got your hubby. Yeah. We lied when we told you that we killed him. Yeah. That was actually just a method of torture. making you suffer yeah, more even torture. more. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so he ends up saying, all right, riding on back with old Demersel. Mm-hmm. Um. What else? I don't well, know. Well, to to continue with uh with with Bell's story, just we'll we'll just continue continue along that thread. Uh meets with Brother Day. Oh yeah. Has a has a salty back and forth, mm. you know, more sass being thrown uh Empire's way, which you know, he just I I, I can't tell if he's loving every second of it or if he's just ready to snap. Seemed um, like he really enjoyed he this, did seem though, to, he with did, Bell Rios. I, I agree. I, I would have to agree. Like, yep. This is good old-fashioned arguing right yeah, here. Yeah, this yeah. gets me going. And so uh, th- he, he basically has decided that he's going to execute Bell for this for this display, for this disobedience, essentially, and kill his husband and, and, and just end this nonsense. And then Bell asks for a, uh, a private moment to talk privately. Yes. Just the two of them. Man to is, man. Which is really where Brother Day starts, uh, starts eating it up. Um, and then there's the strike me scene, mm-hmm. strike me. And he's, and then he kind of explains and he's like, no, you're my emperor. You're, I, I, I shall never. And then he's like, I took an oath. he's like, strike me or I'll kill your husband. 
And then there's the whole thing where he just like lays it out for him. He's like, it's a great line. He's like, now you have a choice. You have to make a decision. Which do I, which is the right one? Like, do I want you to strike me so that I know that you will listen to any command I give? Or do I want you to not strike me and show that you will be loyal to your empire no and matter protect me no matter what? Protect yeah. me no matter what. He chooses the latter there. Um, and Cleon later tells Demerzel that he didn't really know which one was the right answer. Yeah. He just wanted a man that could make a decision. Yeah. Stick to it. Well, he does that. And he does that. Um, so he's reunited with his husband. It's a touching scene. That was one of the better, uh, you know, it's ni- nice, uh, nice acting from, from both, uh, both gentlemen there. Um, cut to the transformation, obviously. And, uh, and, and, and then, um, Bell gets his fleet back. He gets he gets on he gets the ship where he is very well respected and yep. one of the things that is inferred along the way here in the decision to reinstate Bell is that basically like he was such a good leader in general that that whole fleet is loyal to him anyway and that kind of makes him dangerous for that reason too mm-hmm. right so like they're all very excited that he's <clears throat> back again six years he's been gone thought his husband was dead there is a ton of emotion inserted into that character and really from the get-go here you're asking yourself like okay well this guy seems like a bit of a wild card right from all the things we've heard didn't care that he was going to die finds out his husband is back has to make this decision about striking the general or not and he took an oath and glaber is is whispering in his ear the whole time like you know like we could just take the ship and go and flee basically yeah Uh, his husband yeah 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 but he's like nah that would put everybody at risk I have too much duty. I don't have the luxury of evening the score right. with Empire. And so it seems like he's going to be a good soldier, at least for the time being. Uh, but and, a complicated character when he's introduced here, yeah. And they, a lot. Uh, they, uh, they jump to the, to the outer reach there. Pew! Good old-fashioned space jump. A jump ship. It's a jump ship. And that's it's a it. Ju- it's a jump ship. That's really. Did it we miss for... anything? Did we miss anything? I don't anything? think so, man. I think that's it. There's there's more going on on Terminus. They're trying to decide. You know, there there there's the aftermath of uh of of the warden getting flamed, and there's all sorts of back and forth. They they got to go. That that that's where the decision to go get Hober Mallow, I think, is is actually made. Is when they're talking about kind of like what to do there. Yeah. Was that a mistake? Polly Did... talks about how like the first, you know, Salvor was the the, the solve to the first crisis. Hobart seems like he's the solve to the second crisis. They have to go get him. That's why they they end up there on uh, the the other the Star Wars planet to uh, to nab him. So they're bringing him his ass back to Terminus. Um, oh, there was also the the mule when we go in Episode Two. Yeah, and the mule is talking to Gale. Uh-huh. He references Hobart Mallow. Mallow. Yes, he does. He does. Yeah. He's like, oh, you're from. The empiric age before Hober Mallow pierced Empire's side. Uh, so, like, okay. it just builds up even further. Like, oh, what's the deal with this Hober Mallow guy okay. going to be? So I was and then wa- we meet him, and he's fucking Han Solo humoring us. Yeah, I was watching. I was watching um, episode three with the Hober Mallow stuff, and I was like, wait, didn't we hear that name? Yeah, from the Gale Harry Salvor team. And that was at when some we heard point. It. That's yeah. right. The mule mentions the marshmallow himself. Yeah. The Mule and the Marshmallow. That should be episode four's name, The Mule Very, and the Marshmallow. I think that is the next episode. Oh, good, good. Very infamous character, though, this Hober Mallow fellow. So. But yeah, that, that covers, we covered Harry, Gale, Salvor, out there on Ignis. Harry got a body. Um, Bell and his journey. From he's r- back. From rags, he's got from his, rags to riches. He's got his fleet. His husband appears to be like his, his, first, his first mate. mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, and then, the, yeah, and, and, and Hober Mallow. I think those were the three big, big, big uh, storylines. Hober Mallow escapes three. this uh, planet where he was conning people. Brother Day and Dimmerzel and the Empire back on Terminus are still waiting to see, or Trantor? Trantor, yeah. It's still waiting to see what uh, Bel Rios will find right, about right. the Outer Reach. And you have to imagine that's probably where we go next episode. So, yeah, that's it for episodes two and three. Well, if we missed anything, you know where to reach us. Patreon.com. Get your hotline calls in. Yes, please. I'm sure we, I'm sure that this is what's great about covering two episodes is that I'm sure we missed things. So I'm sure we did. And there, I mean, I had enough questions that I levied here. Yeah. Somebody needs to answer them. Patreon, do your thing. Patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles, where Barrett and I will be later this week taking voicemails from our listeners and responding to them. Uh, again, Patreon people, you can call about foundation, obviously. Priority number one. Yeah, but anything yeah. else you're watching or movies or whatever, we're happy to respond to that as well. So I will say, uh, we're in November here. I'm looking at my 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 big list of, of TV that I've watched this year. Pretty much with with certainty, I can say this is the weakest year of television that we've had. It's been a rough one, uh, since definitely since the pandemic started, but probably more like since like 2017 or 2018. I I, I would. I would gather. We got hosed. And yeah, tough. I, I don't really know what my top 10 is going to look like because I don't know if there are 10 shows that I loved. And I will just, I'll just say, because we talked about this on Patreon, not the Ad Bay show last week, but I, I wrapped up the, Be- the Beckham, the four-part Beckham documentary last night on Netflix. And it's probably my favorite thing that I've watched this year. And I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Beckham guy now. You know, I'm a big, I'm a big Bex guy. Oh, speaking of documentaries, go check out the Millie Vanilli documentary that's available on Paramount Plus. I'm buddies with the uh, guy who put this thing together, and I just spurned their director by accidentally double booking him. So <laughs> uh, I'm trying to make it up to him. Go yeah, watch we, Millie we Vanilli. Apologize. You should get out. Just get him like some taco deli or something. I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. But it's supposed get to be awesome. Some, get him some queso and see if he wants to let it dribble down his chin. Millie Vanilli documentary on Paramount Plus. We'd also appreciate it if you'd support our sponsors. Today we had Factor. That's code OCC50 at factormeals.com slash OCC50 to get 50% off links and codes for today's sponsor in the description of this episode. If you're an F1 fan, check out Bolin Media's premier F1 programming, Formula Bone, at youtube.com slash at Formula Bone and at Formula Bone on social media. For more from me, check out the Ross Bolin podcasts, wherever podcasts are played. Follow Barrett on Twitter and Instagram at Barrett Dudley. Follow me at WRBowl and go to bowlandmedia.com slash shop to grab yourself some merch for this holiday season. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And until next time, please respect and enjoy the podcast. Mm-hmm.